Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Today on the Line Enquirer podcast, let's switch to hoops a little bit. Derek Piper and I have covered a couple uh Big Ten basketball and Illinois media days the last couple days. So, so plenty to come out of that. And we will go over the Big Ten Media Bowl, which uh, we participated in. Thanks to the guys at The Athletic for uh, for helping us go through that. Um, you know, Columbus has done a good job with this stuff. So uh, let's go through all of that. We'll give our thoughts on these teams. And what is a wide open uh, Big Ten race, in my opinion. Pretty deep Big Ten this year, but uh, kind of weak uh, at the top. And that's kind of what we'll talk about by the favorites we picked in this one didn't feel great about the favorites that I picked in this one, but Derek Piper, uh, it was a good big 10 media days. We weren't going to go there and nobody from the Illinois beat was going to go there. Cause it's all the way up in Minneapolis and they do a great job with the local media day here. So we get a lot of great content there. Get to talk to so many players. Uh, but th- they heard that none of us are going to go and Josh Whitman, uh, volunteered his plane. And we said, okay, let's, let's, let's fly private up to Minneapolis there and back. Uh, that that's a, that's a good way to travel. What'd you think Derek? Oh, very appreciative of the opportunity. I think we need to say we're not going to go to a lot more events and see, try to push the envelope and see if we can get spots on the plane. I'm joking, of course, but uh, yeah, to fly private first time, maybe the only time I will. Uh, it's a different experience. Who knew that you could just pull the bus up to the plane and you get off and you get on and you don't go through bag checks or anything like that. Don't need a boarding pass and there you go. And you're I think it was like an hour 20 there and maybe it was faster coming back, maybe just over an hour, just under. Uh, but it was uh, really nice. I know that yeah. uh, you posted on the board. We had Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon sitting right in front of us. Now, Brad, uh, in his joking self, but I think he's kind of serious. Like, don't, Terrence, don't talk to anybody. Lauren was sitting ahead of him. He's like, Lauren's going to ask you the starting five. Are. Just say no comment. But uh, cool to roll with those guys, with Josh, with Brad, with Shauna Green and, and the players. And then, of course, uh, our colleagues on the beat as well. And uh, to be able to be there and yeah. I know that sometimes there's not always a ton to take away from the Big Ten media day because we you know just on the back end of last week got to talk to all the players the coaches at Illinois so uh, we've we've asked a lot of the questions that come to mind and, and heard a lot of their answers but it, it's always a cool scene to be there with, with different coaches and players from around the league usually there's more media that we get to interact with from around the league but because it's in Minneapolis uh, that necessarily wasn't the case, but shout out to Illinois for making sure that it was worth their time of having people there to cover and, and uh, be able to cover them. And then for us to, to make it worthwhile and, and a lot more inexpensive than it would have been <laughs> if we were making the eight hour drive or trying to fly uh, commercial. Yeah. Kudos to them. Josh and, and Brad Underwood certainly get it from the media aspect. Cause we were about a quarter of the media that were there. Uh, on Tuesday so uh, they had a good representation of, of Illinois media there so so big kudos to those guys and I do appreciate it uh, I don't think it's going to happen a lot and uh, understandably so like you know there is a buffer you want to keep between the people you cover and all of that but to, to you know just go up there um, and, and get some access to those guys and you know Josh talked and uh, one of the things he talked about was was facilities uh, but I, I did talk to him about um, you know just what it's been like for him to, to see this we will win come to fruition so that that was fun to talk to him about because uh, he is appreciative of where they come but of, of course they want to take it to another level and basketball has been great now uh running on four years uh expected to be great again we'll dive into where we projected them to finish in the big 10 uh but d- he did kind of tease the uh, facilities thing scott Ritchie asked him a question about it and said we'll let you guys know with our next big facilities project with the Ubin basketball fil- facility coming to a wrap here Derek and we're going to get a tour of that on Thursday so we'll have some video I'll have some pictures uh, of all that coming out for you guys uh, excited to share that with you and I'm sure Illinois is excited to share that with everybody but they did announce they're going to have another uh, facility project announcement and you and I were talking like football is what people want like fixing the horseshoe fixing the east side Whitman said that will be more incremental and I did remember 
Uh, you know, baseball field, they could definitely improve a little bit. They just got the baseball indoor facility there, so they've been taken care of a little bit. But uh, wrestling standalone facility is something you mentioned during the summer. So that would be my my odds-on favorite with, with maybe Horseshoe number two or three on that list. I think you've got it sniffed out. I think <laughs> that you've got a good pecking order there of what it could be. I honestly don't know now that basketball is pretty well taken care of. Obviously, you did the State Farm Center a handful of years ago, got up and right. Uh, football, yeah, it seems like maybe a, a bigger project, maybe a little bit further down the line. But, yeah, wrestling seems to make sense. The only baseball as well, I know Dan Hartle has talked about uh, trying to get some upgrades uh, with their facility too. So uh, I'm – just seems like projects keep rolling, man. Uh, Josh is getting it done and, and fundraising well, and they're always working on something. So that's that's a good sign. It's pouring money, pouring money into this stuff. Uh, that Big Ten money he is putting to use uh, with that that debt they're taking on to take care of all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I think it it most likely would be that. You know, volleyball. He's he's talked about Huff Hall remaining the home there and, and you know upgrading some things there and getting wrestling out of there might be you know a good solution for for everybody. Uh, of course, you wanted hockey. But that's not happening probably for a long time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Derek, let's talk about Big Ten basketball. We got the Big Ten media poll uh, out this week, and I don't think we're shocked that Indiana was picked the favorite by 19 people, including us, and I didn't feel good about it. I will talk about that next. But Illinois got the second most votes to finish first, six of them. And you and I were texting about how it was interesting, the media who were picking them uh, to, to finish first. And Michigan State beat writers uh, were kind of the, the favorites on the Illinois bandwagon there. So um, that was interesting. What did you think about Illinois getting picked second? I don't think you and I are surprised because we had Indiana first and, and Illinois second. Not surprised. And when you look at Illinois' roster, they're obviously very talented, bringing in four top 100 freshmen, two of the top transfers in the league, and some breakout candidates in Coleman Hawkins, R.J. Melendez. We've obviously talked about that throughout the offseason and leading up to, to this year. But And to your point, we'll, we can dive more into it. There's uh, It's a little bit of a step down from where we're traditionally seeing the Big Ten at the very top of the league, usually having – a surefire top 10 team nationally. Not sure we're going to see that. We'll find out next week when the AP poll comes out and whether Indiana is in there. But uh, Indiana is the safest bet in my estimation. I'm with you. I don't feel 100% great about it. And there are years where it's easy to pinpoint the no-doubt favorite. Now, uh, last year I know there were some – I think Purdue and Michigan got twice as many – or they combined for most yeah. of the first-place votes in comparison to Illinois. And I think we had Illinois – uh, in, in first there. So because of Illinois' questions, because of how much newness there is, because of new play style and some guys needing to step into roles that they haven't been in, and that even includes Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer being primary options offensively, I would be hesitant to put Illinois first, and yeah. I, I was. That's why I went with Indiana, because a great defensive team. Trace could be the Big Ten Player of the Year. Either him or Hunter are the favorites. And uh, similar narrative for Illinois, if some of their young pieces click, which – Jalen Huntsafino, Tamar Bates, they've got some talented young guards too. That would just really complement uh, what's a, a pretty good trio in Trace, Race, and Xavier Johnson for Indiana. Yeah, just to go in some of these guys who uh, picked Illinois, like two of the Indiana beat writers picked Illinois. I found that interesting. <laughs> and then the two Illinois, it was me and us two and uh, Scott Ritchie. We combined on the ballot here. Uh, we voted for Indiana uh, to win. So I – 
I think the Illinois thing, the Indiana guys might be thinking the schedule. I mean, the, the schedule is far more favorable for Illinois than it is for Indiana. And, and I do feel really – I don't feel great about putting Indiana because they were a 9-11 team last year, and they still have questions about shooters. Uh, my biggest thing is they have the highest floor, I think, of any Big Ten team because of the talent. I mean, Race, Trace, Xavier Johnson you mentioned, but like – Tamar Bates, Jalen Hood, Shafino are really talented. Uh, Renew is 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 a f- top, basically five star guy, top thirty guy uh, in the class. Like um, Geronimo is a really good player towards the end of the year. So if they keep any of that momentum, they should be in the twelve to, to fifteen win range, right? In the Big Ten, uh, it's just can they find enough shooting? Can Tamar break through? Can, can you know Miller Cop find his stroke again? If those guys can find a way to shoot decently from three, they're a pretty dang good team. No doubt. And I think that defensively, when they were the number one team last year, defensive efficiency in the Big Ten, we've seen it with Illinois teams here in, in the last couple of years. That helps you defense, uh, experience, cohesion, allows you to be consistent. So, uh, And that's important when you're trying to, to win a Big Ten title is to uh, not slip up in spots where you're not supposed to, or Illinois maybe with their young guards, with the fact that they're still going to be trying to put the pieces together. And I think that you can go on and pinpoint different programs as well like Michigan losing what they lost Ohio State having so much newness with with their team Uh, Indiana could be more of a steady setting presence in the league but there's no doubt they're going to have to shoot the three better Uh, it would be hard to imagine a team although I know Wisconsin did it I don't I don't think it was maybe it was this past year where they were towards the bottom of the league in three-point percentage then again they'd have Johnny Davis and, and I know that a lot of people think that Wisconsin still had a tinge of maybe not more of flukiness yeah. uh, to being a co-champion. But, yeah, I, and I, I've struggled with, too, how much do you factor in the schedule? Because I'd be far more comfortable if we were doing, like, just flat-out power rankings yeah. and saying who's the best team in the Big Ten right now. I would I would pick Indiana. I wouldn't feel too bad about it. If yeah. you're going to throw in the schedule, Illinois – the difference in Illinois' schedule versus Indiana is so drastic that then all of a sudden – if you were saying that you're that's going to swing the favor to Illinois, I, I wouldn't necessarily argue with you. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, I didn't want to overthink the schedule thing. I, I, at the end of the day, it's probably going to matter, but I just didn't want to overthink it. Uh, all right, three in this media poll, Michigan at number three, which we disagree with. We had Michigan sixth um, because I, I love Hunter Dickens. He was my preseason player of the year. Um, you know, Trace Jackson Davis is a phenomenal player. But there's just an edge to Hunter, and he can score. Like, Trace might actually end up scoring 18 to 20 points a game, but I think Hunter could have 25 a game this year. I, I think he's going to be one of the National Player of the Year candidates. I just got a lot of questions outside of him, man. Uh, you lost those two freshmen from last year who decided to go on the NBA, Caleb Houston um, and forward, escaping my mind, Eric. Mr. Diabate. Yeah, Diabate. Uh, you get Kobe Bufkin, Jet Howard, Terrence Williams, and the transfer Jalen Llewellyn is the projected rest of the starting five. I got a lot of questions there. Joey Baker comes in. I know they got some talented freshmen, but that's that losing Brooks, Jones, Houston, Diabate, like, that's a lot. That's a lot they lost with not as great a transfers coming in as Illinois, right? Like, Illinois beat them out for Terrence Shannon. Obviously, Hunter wants to play with them still. Um, if they got Terrence Shannon, I might have them two or one, but they don't. Yeah, I fully agree. If they would have gotten Terrence, and especially if, like, Diabate would have come back, then all of a sudden that's a team that's probably getting the most votes yeah. to win the league. I would vote him one, yeah. Right. And Hunter, in my – in my estimation, Hunter would be the the pick for preseason player of the year. I give him a slight edge over Trace just because he, he's a better shooter, better scorer, and while Trace is a better defender, I just think that – I mean, Hunter's going to have to carry a big load, but I do think he's ready for it. Terrence Williams is a, a breakout candidate, is a guy that's going to take uh, in, a step into a larger role and, and had a good finish to last year. Uh, you can even throw in Frankie Collins as a big loss for them as well because he really started to emerge and uh, seemed like he was going to be their point guard of the future. So – uh, there are some holes, of course, like Michigan with their recruiting classes, always talented. Jet Howard uh, was a big-time prospect in that top 30 type of range. Uh, Taurus Reed uh, out of St. Louis is a, a pretty darn good player, too, that will be a, a young piece but in their front court. So uh, it'll be a talented Michigan team. And it might boil down to is Llewellyn closer to Mike Smith or is he closer to uh, – oh, man, now his the point guard last year is slipping my mind. But – uh, they did. There was a big difference. Devontae Jones. 
Devontae Jones. Yep. In terms of the the production and that step up in competition where Llewellyn, like Smith's coming from the Ivy League, and, and we'll see what he can do for them. All right. Um, Michigan State is for you and I disagree on Michigan State. Uh, I, I, have, have Mich- I would have Michigan over Michigan State. Yeah, I have Michigan State fourth in our poll. I, I kept it there because I, I think their wing, like their guards to wings, Derek, might be the best in the Big Ten. Um, at least the most proven with the capability of being going up another level. I know people around Michigan State are really high on uh, A.J. Hogard. Uh, Tyson Walker, we, we see he can score. He can get buckets. Uh, Jade Nakins, before his injury, is kind of one of the prime breakout candidates in the Big Ten. And, and Malik Hall and jo- Joey Hauser are just good players. I, I, can they be the go-to guys? Big questions. The biggest question for Michigan State, which is weird, is is their center. And it's Maddie Sissoko, uh, Illinois fans' favorite player, given what he did to Io DeSumo. Um, Jackson Kohler is a talented freshman. Trey Holloman is a talented freshman. This is a team I would have had one or two if they just went out and got a transfer big man, but but they didn't because Tom Izzo's terrified of upsetting his team and, and got losing guys nowadays. So if they would have gone out and got somebody, I would have had this team higher. But um, I just felt better about them with the knowns. Maybe, maybe I'm overrating that than Ohio State or Michigan. Um, but I do think they're in the same tier uh, as those teams. I do agree that they're in the same tier, and I could be off on Michigan State, too. I think that if Malik Hall finally has the breakout that people have been anticipating for him, just his consistency, because he's had some some high points even last season where some big games, but then some real duds where he might score you know 20 in a game and then have like two points the next one. So uh, it's been the roller coaster ride from Malik Hall, and we talked about it last year with that team is – they had some good pieces overall. Of course, they lost, you know, Gabe Brown. They lost Max Christie. They didn't have a star last year. They didn't have a go-to guy. And I still have that same question with this team, sure. too. So that's one hesitation I have with them. Their situation at the five is interesting because reading up on them some this offseason, I think they uh, are projecting that Joey Hauser might play a decent amount of small ball five. And I think that while he could, you know, take some some bigger guys away from the basket and be a three-point threat, I mean, he's six foot eight. And I mean that's a little that's the difference between you know like Coleman Hawkins playing the five versus Hauser being a, a rim protector, which he's not going to be. Or it's kind of like uh, Michael even, Finke, right? Like that's kind of yeah. his game. Yeah, or, or being a primary rebounder, which could leave a lot to be desired. So, yeah. uh, but it is a good year to have good guards because yeah. the guard play around the league is down, or just in terms of inexperience, you see that across the board. Illinois has that, um, Purdue has that, and I, and I think that. You know, I, I'm I'm big on Hogard, and I think that Tyson Walker. We we've seen what he's capable of. It's just whether uh, in another season he can be a little bit more consistent, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll Jaden Akins is so big for them because I is Malik call the guy. I don't know. I I, I still don't know. I think it's got to be Hogard or Jaden Akins. You are definitely higher in this team. I agree with you that they should be higher on, on most of these ballots. But um, Ohio State came in sixth. Let's I'll get to them in a second. I guess Purdue is fifth. This is a team like I looked at, I was hearing about, and you know Zach Eady is is so good. He's so dominant. Uh, there's just no one that can match up with him. You're going to have to deal with him uh, on, on the defensive end. Nobody is going to be able to, to slow him down for the most part, Derek, but you can take advantage of him on the other end. And how does he deal with playing now 25-plus minutes for a team? It's just what else do they have? You know, Matt Painter was really talking up Braden Smith like he's one of the most underrated freshmen and I'll take his word for it most of the time with Matt Painter, but Ethan Morton, Mason Gillis, David Jenkins, the freshman, Caleb First, Brandon Newman, they're counting out a lot of guys who are veterans having career years. So yeah, you, they and, are. I, you and I on our ballot, we had them eighth. Yeah, I, I struggle with – I mean, once you get three through ten, there's a lot of different combinations you could put them in. I, I probably – I personally, I know that when I did my way too early power rankings back in May, I think I had Purdue in that five to six range. Uh, It's hard to know. I think Matt Painter does, even though he was even really self-critical of himself, uh, you know, in Minneapolis talking about last year's team and the talent they had versus the production and not going to a final four when they felt like that was their opportunity to do so. But uh, look, Edie's dominant. Mason Gillis is a good player. He reminds me of kind of a – he's a more athletic, like Jacob Jacob Grandison type of player. Like he was one of the more efficient players uh, out there last year. Not super high usage, but a good shooter. 
good rebounder. Uh, I, I'm high on Caleb first. I think that he showed some flashes last year and could be uh, even bigger in a, in, a, in a larger role. David Jenkins, a transfer coming in that can be a shooter. It's just with questions at point guard play, uh, if, if Braden Smith's not as good as Matt Painter maybe thinks or is, is hyping him up at this point in time, uh, there could be some some a lot to be desired. Are they gonna Are they gonna Purdue. stink defensively? Like that's a good question. I mean, Gillis is good, right? Yeah. Is Morton a good defense? Like I'm trying to remember. Like David Jenkins is six one. Uh, Braden Smith is six foot. Like that's where I get concerned. Like usually I would I would give Purdue, Purdue the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and with a guy like Edie, you certainly have a chance there. Like Brandon Newman is just never. Still have Brandon Newman. He's never broken out though. You know what I mean offensively. So I just got a lot of questions compared to other people. I mean, they lost Jaden Ivey, Trevion Williams, Sasha Stefanovic, and Eric Hunter. Like those are yeah. all really, really good players. Um, so, so maybe I, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way too low on Purdue, and they end up being because there's anybody one through eight that I think can can win the Big Ten by the end of this thing, but. I just I don't see it. I, maybe they got the breakout guys. Maybe they got the Johnny Davis or whatever it is, and uh, we're just way too. I'm I'm way too low on them. Their front court's good enough. It's just whether that their guard play uh, defending uh, is in there as well. I mean, Ethan Morton, you don't want him on Terrence Shannon. I don't think. I don't think that would probably end well for them. But uh, I could even you know Trey Kaufman was a guy that redshirted last year was a a four star prospect out of Indiana. So they, they've got. Some guys, you know, that three through five range, obviously Edie's going to be – I mean, he was the consensus answer. I heard uh, someone asking, you know, who's the, the toughest guy to guard in the in the Big Ten? And it seemed like everybody, without hesitation, said Zach Edie, uh, which isn't a huge surprise. So we'll see if he can put Purdue on his back and, and finish a little bit higher than maybe they, they look yeah. in terms of on paper. All right, Ohio State is picked to finish sixth. We had them fifth. It seems like the media is higher on these guys than the analytics uh, have said so far. Uh, but I really liked what they did in, in the transfer portal, like Illinois. Um, the, the kid from Oklahoma State, the guard, Isaac Lightcalay. Sean McNeil out of West Virginia, really good shooter. Tanner Holden out of Wright State. Uh, and then a really good recruiting class. Bryce Sensabaugh is a guy that got some uh, freshman of the year votes in this thing. Uh, so there's a lot. Bruce Thornton, a guard, that, that should be really good for them as well. They don't return a lot. They lost a lot in EJ Liddell and, and, and Malachi Branham and Kyle Young. But I, I think Chris Holtman like Underwood is, is probably as good as anybody in the big 10 of like resetting a roster and really getting after the transfer portal and, you know, kind of similar there, they're recruiting at a, at a really high level with the preps as well. So I think he's a good coach. I know some at Ohio state seem to be wanting more out of him, but I think it's a good program and I think they got a talented roster. Yeah. He hasn't had the tournament success yet. He seemed to find his way into the top five of the league every year, but then, they haven't reached that second weekend, it seems, uh, since he's been there. But uh, I love their depth. I love the, the fact that they have talent. They are comparable to Illinois, and they don't bring back a lot, but they made some noise in the portal and then also had a really, really good freshman class coming in. So uh, I'm pretty high on them. I, I could maybe even put them a little bit higher. I think that they could be a sleeper type of Big Ten title contender team if, if it all clicks together. Uh, I just think that with uh, Kelly, they could put him at – at different spots on the floor. He's pretty positionless. He can play point guard. He can play off the ball. He's a, a really, really good defender. Uh, McNeil's a, a catch and shoot, very good shooter. Uh, and then Justice Sewing's return is a big deal. A guy that missed all of last season. Uh, he was a pretty critical piece on a team that was a two seed in the NCAA tournament two years ago, alongside Liddell and obviously Dwayne Washington. And Zed Key down, down low is a above average five man in my estimation in this yeah. league so you, you combine that with some talented freshmen they just got a lot to work with it's just about putting the pieces together and asking some freshmen to step up and sorry to Illini fans but uh, I am way higher on the team everyone has seventh in the consensus here in the Big Ten poll I have Iowa third uh, I, I think they are very talented I think they're very proven uh, I know what they lost in, in Keegan Murray and I'm not expecting Chris Murray to take all that by himself but Tony Perkins is a Brad Underwood favorite. Chris Murray is going to be a draft pick. I, he's not going to be his brother, but I think he's going to be one of the better players in the Big Ten. Patrick McCaffrey was pretty dang good last season. I think people kind of overlook him. Rebrach is back. He's fine, right, as a post. But I think Peyton Sanford's pretty good, whether you like Connor McCaffrey or not. He's won a lot of games there. Aaron Ewis played really well at the end of the season. And I like their style of play, Derek. They found a way to start defending 
last year with most of these guys. So uh, I'm way higher on Iowa than the consensus here. What, what say you? I was lower on them back in the spring when I did the way too early, and I, I would change that now. I'm more now talking to some people – you hear on the AAU circuit and you hear some conversations from what people think around the league and people, I mean, Brad even said it on the record yesterday that he thinks I was as good as anybody in, in the big Ten going into this year. And uh, I think that I do wonder in terms of depth is maybe a question mark for them. Uh, but yeah, they do have, I forgot until I saw his face yesterday. Connor McCaffrey is still someone that's going to be there on their roster. Now he's not the, the most offensively gifted player that we've seen, but I mean, he's a role player. He's a guy that's going to, he's there. Demonte. Uh, yeah. He's in that Demonte role. And then uh, Patrick McCaffrey. Uh, t- I mean, he, he's a good scorer, good shooter. Uh, can he, I'm sure he can take a step forward now and when, when more is going to be asked of them, they're going to try to pick up some of the production. It won't be all of just Chris Murray being Keegan Murray, although Chris is very talented in his own right. And yeah, I mean, Fran deserves a ton of credit for the way he's developed players. Yes. Like, Luca Garza coming in as like a three-star guy. Wieskamp, I know, was in the four-star range, but he turned him into a great player. And uh, their play style is good. Tony Perkins is just a tough, uh, fast-paced, bulldog type of, of guard that can do a lot of different things, defend and uh, get to the rim. And uh, there's a lot to like about Iowa. I'm, I'm with you. I'm starting to warm up on to the Hawkeyes for sure. All right, number eight. This is the team I, I feel maybe even – like I undersold more than anybody. Uh, I, I'm more scared of this because Steve Peichel is really good at his job. I, Rutgers is eight in the poll. I had him 10th, and I don't feel very good about it because I, I saw the three guys come in yesterday, and you know how much I love Cliff Omarui. I had him all Big Ten um, last year as a third-teamer, and I think I had him sixth on my list of all Big Ten guys coming into this year. Paul Mulcahy was probably the best point guard in the Big Ten at the end of last year. Um, not a great shooter. Like, he's a good shooter, but not a great shooter. Uh, and Caleb McConnell is as good defensively as anyone, obviously, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. But they lost their two scores. I just – is this team going to be able to score? Ron Harper Jr. gone. Geo Baker, which I didn't love him as much as others, but he could go get buckets. Uh, they need Cam Spencer, the Loyola Maryland transfer, to play really well. But you know they're going to defend. And, and Omar Rui is just a freak, Derek. Like, he, he's going to be one of the best big men uh, in the Big Ten. And, and you got to like McConnell and Mulcahy. There's just two program guys that kind of epitomize what Rutgers has been as overachievers. To Michael's credit, they've always been really good defensively, extremely tough to beat at home. And they've, the last couple of years, they've had like a trio of guys that you stack up around the league. I mean, Ron Harper Jr., Jacob Young, and, uh, you know, throw in, I guess you could throw in uh, McConnell or throw in another guy in there. They, they've had some some good players. Uh, I should say Geo Baker. Geo Baker, Jacob Young, Ron Harper, and now when you have Cliff, who, I mean, he, he owned Illinois uh, at Rutgers, and, and uh, obviously Kofi was even playing in that game. Uh, he's a, a very athletic you know, above the rim finisher, good rebounder. He's going to be one of the better players in the league. McConnell's a lockdown defender. Can he be more consistent offensively? That's a big question. And yeah, okay, he developed into a pretty darn good point guard, like a guy you put the ball in, in his hands and ball screens and uh, had a high assist rate. Also was starting to make mid-range jumpers and put up some double-digit scoring on a, on a regular basis. It's just what what's around them uh, to elevate them from being what looks like a it could be a fringe tournament team, which kind of has kind of been their lane. And look, they're trying to make the tournament for three straight years, be the first in program history, which would be a big accomplishment for them. It's whether they can, you know, be top five, top, you know, top level of the league. And uh, we'll see. But, yeah, the, the three guys that showed up yesterday are all legit players. Yeah. And uh, it does does make you wonder if we had them too low. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Rutgers, they would have made three straight NCAA tournaments for, for the pandemic, right? Just like Illinois. Yep. So it's what Steve Peichel's done there. It's, it's one of the best coaches uh, in, in a great conference, which is which is saying something given the coaching here. Uh, I had them ninth. The media had them ninth. And we're probably going to regret it. Wisconsin at, at number nine on this list. Listen, you lose Johnny Davis, uh, who we didn't think was going to be that at this point last year, Derek. I really like Tyler Wall. I had him, uh, I think, the 10th guy on my All-Big Ten preseason team. Uh, and and Chucky Hepper and everyone loves – I think he's a good player. I still got to see if he's a great one. He'll average double digits. 
this year. Uh, but Jordan Davis is now in the lineup for them. I think Steven Crowell will be pretty dang good. I think he was playing really good towards the end of the last year. And Wisconsin does get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to development with these guys. It's just where's the, the, the scoring going to come from? Max Kleesmith uh, is a transfer from Wofford, uh, who they're projecting to start average 15 points a game last year. Uh, but but Wall Crowell Hepburn is a pretty good spot to start and probably a team that's going to get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't make the tournament. Um, yeah, it, it's hard putting Wisconsin – it's hard to put them too high because they're talent on paper and it's hard to put them too low because they just do this all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you looked at their roster and be like, eh, they're okay. And then they finish top five in the league and that's kind of their MO, but uh, I'm with you. I think Tyler wall is going to have an awesome year. Like he's such a, a great player on the basket with his footwork uh, and he's going to rebound. He's, he's going to have a tremendous year. I'm not as high on Hepburn as, as some, yeah. I, I know that, in the Almanac by Field 68, apparently coaches picked him as the breakout player in the league. I would probably put some other guys in that in that mix as well. I, I think that the Athletic even had him, what, second team, all Big Ten. I, I don't know uh, about that one too. But, yeah, he's a good player. He, he's solid. He, he knows how to use the bank shot. I know <laughs> uh, not intentionally, but, yeah, he's, he's, he's good. Uh, Kleesmith, good shooter. And that gives them another offensive weapon. And, yeah, I, I think Stephen Crowell is solid. Well, some might just say, did you see what Kofi did uh, to Wisconsin last year? I mean, there's not, not a ton of Kofis. I, I don't want to see, it, you know, if it's Crowell versus Edie, but then if it's Edie against probably pretty much anybody other than Hunter Dickinson and, and maybe, well, he probably will beast Trace a little bit too. But, yeah. yeah, Wisconsin tournament team will probably sit there and say, oh, yeah, we had him three, four, five spots too low, but that's just kind of what, what happens. Yeah. Uh, all right. This team I am way higher on than probably anybody in the consensus. Uh, Maryland is picked to finish 10th in the league, and that's certainly possible, Derek. They don't have much depth. Uh, they did lose, you know, Fats Russell, Eric Ayala, Kudus Wahab. Not a bad team, though, right? Uh, and, and now I feel even better about Kevin Willard after his crab cakes comments. Is I just thought he was great at Big Ten Media Days. Uh, seems like a you know a fun dude to, to play for. But I think Julian Reese is one of the breakout cans. 6'9", big guy, athletic, can shoot. Dante Scott, Illinois fans probably have more respect for than anybody. I think he can be one of the best players in the Big Ten. Hakeem Hart, long, athletic uh, on the wing. Uh, and then they've added two transfers to their backcourt, back who I think are going to be good in the Big Ten. Jameer Young and Don Carey. Carey from Georgetown. Jameer Young from Charlotte. Uh, and, and Young put up huge points, kind of like Fats Russell. Uh, so I love their starting five. Uh, I do not like the rest of their roster. I don't like their depth. But I, I think that starting five is is almost as talented as, as anybody's uh, in the Big Ten. And I think Kevin Willard's a, a pretty dang good coach. So um, what do you think about Maryland being picked 10th here? We had him 7th. Yeah, for those same reasons, I've kind of pinpointed them as a sleeper team in the league. I think they'll be a tournament team and have a chance to really overachieve if they don't have, they don't have any injuries and, or you know huge foul trouble issues. And if somebody on that – that bench and that second rotation, which honestly, full transparency, I, I can't really name anybody that's even going to come off the bench for Maryland. But that starting five is is pretty darn good. You know, Dante Scott's one of the better front court players in the league. Uh, I think Julian Reese is uh, primed for a breakout. He showed some flashes last year, and he's athletic. Uh, I think that he's someone that uh, is definitely going to surge now here and as a sophomore. And then uh, Jameer Young is a bucket getter. Donald Carey's a very good spot up shooter. And Hakeem Hart, you know, he was like a, a 10 point per game type of guy last year on a, on a bad Maryland yeah, team. Yeah. And I know that I forgot who said it yesterday. Someone needs to score even on a bad team. So uh, I think it was Matt Painter. But uh, yeah, Hakeem Hart is a two way type of guy in the wing, uh, can score it a little bit, can defend. And yeah, Will is a good coach. Uh, and I think that this is the start of Maryland's resurgence. I think that Maryland's going to do make some noise here in the next couple of years. And uh, I'm definitely buying stock on them. They're kind of doing the Illinois, Illinois and Maryland are such similar jobs in both football and basketball because of where they are, the recruiting territory, but there's also pressure in recruiting at those places. Uh, but I think Kevin Willard was always the logical fit, and I think he's a good fit. All right, the bottom four, I think everybody has them there. I mean, Penn State's been kind of a you know sneaky pick for people. Uh, is it maybe a top eight, top nine team? Uh, we both had them 11, uh, and, and I think Shrewsbury is a really, really good coach. 
I'm not quite as high on Jalen Pickett as everyone else. I think he's a good player. I've seen some people have him first team, all Big Ten. I'm not quite there yet. Very skilled, though. Uh, Miles Dredd, Seth Lundy's a good scorer. Uh, so they've done a really good job, and I think he's a really good coach. I just think they're going to be out-talented this year. But in a couple years, I could see them being a, a, a real problem. But I love John Harar. Uh, I, I thought he was great, just tough as heck in the middle, uh, and they're going to have a tough time replacing him. They are, and they're not going to start a uh, traditional five-man. I mean, they, you look at their roster, and they might have one guy that's taller than 6'8 or 6'9". Yeah. I think it's – is it Mikey Hen, the transfer uh, that, that's coming in? The, the legend. Name for, Illinois was on his list uh, uh, down he, the stretch. They have uh, – the, the Almanac has Kevin Najay, a 6'10 freshman. They're two t- guys over 6'8 are both yeah. true freshmen, so – I, it's yeah. John Hara. I always say, like, Harar. It's not Harar. It's John Hara. Like, I think he's a big loss. I, I think he was a big loss for them. He's a huge loss. He's a guy that can defend in, in the paint and rebound at a high level. Um, I do – I'm high on Jalen Pickett. I think he's arguably the best best point guard in the league, potentially. Uh, <laughs> Him and Mulcahy I, I, and Hepburn, right? Like, that's that's what it is right now. Yeah, up there. And then uh, Xavier, uh, Xavier Johnson is, is another one, yeah. obviously, for Indiana. But – uh, it's whether, yeah, Dredd is a guy that we've heard about being there forever. Lundy can score. It. It's just, they, I don't know, is there enough talent there as well? And and turning the tide from a team that's just, it's been a, it's been a losing team for yeah. quite quite a, a decent chunk of time, and, and making that making that work. But you know, Shrewsbury is going to have a tough team, a a, de- a defensive team that that can do some things. It's just whether you can defend the paint and, and get that done without a lot of size up front yeah minnesota's picked 12 we had them 12th as well they got two really talented front court players right uh when you have jameson battle which some people had him first team all big 10 listen he's got numbers he's on a really bad team he had 20 and and, you know what was it uh 17 and and six on a really bad team shot 45 percent. he's a good player dawson garcia uh, is a really good player can you name anybody else on the team like I got the top of your head. Uh, can you like those two? I think are going to have good years statistically. Uh, ben Johnson. This is a, this was a huge rebuild uh, he took on, and I think it's still going to be a couple years before they're they're a player. Like I expect Penn State to be a tough out. I'm not sure how tough of an out these bottom three teams are going to be. I'm not too hopeful for Minnesota. Now they do have, like you said, two two dudes in, in battle and. Dawson Garcia now being back in the fold after leaving midseason uh, at UNC. That's a talented guy. I and mean, that was a a top 25, top 30 prospect coming out of high school, a projected NBA-level talent. It's, and now he's back in his home state. We'll see if he can get things right. And that would be a tandem that would be tough to, to handle. It's just whether the complementary players around them is enough to take some pressure off them and just uh, – just how you can't win with just two guys. Yeah. So um, – I don't. I honestly don't know anybody else on Minnesota. No, I, I I could name names, but they wouldn't mean anything to anybody listening to this. So <laughs> we'll have to figure that out. Um, Northwestern picked thirteenth. I had them fourteenth, and and maybe I shouldn't have, but I don't know. They had Pete Nance go to North Carolina. Ryan Young, who knew, uh, could end up at, at Duke alongside Jacob Grandison. Listen, Chris Collins was saying, "Hey, we're t- we're old, and old teams win in this league." doesn't mean you're good uh boo booey chase audish robbie baran julian roper ty berry maybe they can win five or six games Derek. but the discussion is who's going to be the next head coach at northwestern maybe it's bruce weber ah maybe you gave me a good name yesterday because i was like who's the assistant who's the assistant so put Uh, the name out there roger powell it's a great fit Going back in the Chicago area, yeah, suburbs, and yeah, I think it would work. I think that thing could work. But yeah, uh, what's not going to work is Northwestern basketball this year. <laughs> Boo Booey, and uh, I do think Julian Roper is a good player, yeah. uh, a guy that was a freshman last year that uh, he should. I liked him as a prospect, and think he could do some things for them. But yeah, losing Nance. I mean, Nance was such a huge part of that team, and that was a really bad team last year. And. They, they have nobody that you're in a circle and be like, oh, he's going to fill for what, you know, Nance was able to produce. And Chris Collins in a tough spot. It's a tough job, really tough yeah. job, but I think it's about time that they make a change. All right, uh, Nebraska. I had 13th. 
I guess they got Derek Walker back. Um, but man, they was McGowan's, Verge, McGowan's, and and Mayan. Um, they they did add a bunch of transfers as Fred Hoiberg does. Sam Greasel from North Dakota State, uh, Manuel Bandumo uh, from SMU. Those guys put up double digit points at the Division One level. I, I don't expect this to be a good team, but I'm a big fan of Derek Walker and Kasai Tominaga. I I love watching that guy just just try and go Steph Curry on people uh, from like 30 feet. It's going to be a bad team. Like the the bottom of the Big Ten is bad. He, uh, Tominaga is Nebraska's version of Alfonso Plummer. Yeah, so he, he can really let it fly. Uh, Derek Walker, good player. Beyond that, don't know anything about Nebraska. I just give them a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. I'll give Fred a little bit more of a – as far as having a little more talent than Northwestern. And, uh, I mean, that's a coin flip right there as far as who you want to put at the very bottom of the league. I, I don't know. They're, that's a bad situation too. Yeah. Uh, player of the year vote. It was interesting uh, for the Big Ten. Trace got it uh, from the Big Ten media poll. Hunter beat out Trace by one vote. I gave it to Hunter. Uh, the one random vote, the tiebreaker, the third party candidate here was Chris Murray got got one vote. So that was a uh, that was interesting. I, I didn't know Chris Murray would get that one vote. I think it was probably from an Iowa guy. Uh, freshman of the year, Jalen Hood Shifiano Shifino got uh, sixteen votes. Sky Clark got seven. Bryce Sensabaugh two. Ty Rogers got my vote. Maybe I was being too cute there. Maybe it should have been Hood Shifino. Uh, but Jet he deserves Howell, some. He deserves being in the conversation. You put him in the conversation. I, I don't think there's any problem with that. I think he's going to play starters minutes, and I think he's going to be really good. And I think if we didn't just take points involved, which it will, which is why Hood Shifino, Clark, and Sensible will probably be the top candidate. Uh, if we put defense involved, because, I mean, you, you heard it yesterday. Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins were talking about putting him on the best player on the opposing team. It's pretty valuable. So I just – I think I th- I thought maybe this could get some discussion because I thought Shafino would definitely run away with it, and he did. Uh, transfer of the year, Terrence Shannon Jr., 16 votes, number two on that list, Matthew Meyer, uh, four. So, Ona killed it, Derek, in the transfer portal. Yeah, they, they absolutely did. Two guys are going to come in and play primary roles, and uh, they're considered two of the best transfers out there. So, uh, a healthy Terrence Shannon also just stepping into uh, a situation where they're going to run some stuff for him. Uh, we've heard a lot here recently about him playing with the ball in his hands. Uh, we'll, that's been a part of his game that he didn't really have. It's kind of a hole uh, in, uh, in terms of what he showed at Texas Tech. But we know transition game is there. We know spot-up shooter something he's really developed himself into, good defender. And if now he can go get one off the bounce, that's a really, really good player. It's going to have a lot of volume, a lot of shots. And hopefully Matthew Meyer is able to to get things going too as a guy that missed a decent amount of the offseason with a back injury. First team All-Big Ten, Hunter Dickinson, Trace Jackson Davis, unanimous. Somehow Zach Eady was not unanimous. I don't get it. Uh, Chris Murray, not unanimous. That one I can understand, but he was pretty close to it. Cliff O'Marui edges out Terrence Shannon by one vote. Maybe that was just uh, not enough research by somebody who didn't even have him in the top ten. Jamison Battle, I didn't have him there. Uh, Xavier Johnson, can't argue with that. Chucky Hepburn, Tyler Wall, guys who just missed it, Malik Hall, uh, Malik Hall, Jalen Pickett, Matthew Meyer, Justice Suing, Dante Scott, and uh, guys who got some votes from Illinois, Coleman Hawkins and R.J. Melendez. I did not have Melendez or Hawkins. I'm second-guessing my vote, Derek, for should I put Hawkins over Meyer? I just think – I still think Meyer's got a chance to score more points. Um, but that'll be interesting. I, I really thought about Coleman Hawkins there instead of Meyer. No, I agree with you as far as the point production where you're going to have Meyer. It's been a more proven three-point shooter. I think he'll be just more of a focal point of the offense. Uh, Coleman could start to have some some higher assist totals here. You're hearing about, you know, putting hit the ball in his hands on the perimeter and letting him do some things as far as uh, setting some guys up. And if you're going to take into account, which sometimes uh, the counting stats seem to outweigh a lot, but James uh, Coleman, <laughs> Coleman can really defend. And if he takes another step forward there uh, and maybe he's going to put himself in the conversation of a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, then, uh, yeah, he could be a, a second-team all-league type of guy too. So uh, I'm not entirely convinced. Someone allowed RJ Melen- Someone allowed Isaac Trotter to make their pick uh, of RJ Melendez because nobody's higher on RJ Melendez than our boy Isaac Trotter, which, look, I mean, with Shannon and Meyer coming in, the volume and opportunity yeah, yeah. Has, has changed for him, but – 
uh, he could be a, a breakout candidate, obviously, as a sophomore. Yeah, so just to repeat, my our ballot was uh, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, top three, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, four through six, seven through ten, Maryland, Purdue, Wisconsin, Rutgers, and then the bottom four, Penn State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern. I had Hunter Player of the Year, Rogers, freshman, transfer Shannon, Hunter, Trace, Edie, Murray, Shannon, first team, Cliff, Xavier Johnson. I didn't feel great about it, Derek, because I remembered early season Xavier Johnson, but late season Xavier Johnson was pretty good. Meyer, Dante Scott. I, I, I like him a lot more than apparently the consensus. And Tyler Wall. I, I'm a big fan of Tyler Wall. I mean, those are those are fun because then we'll look back and like Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray weren't even on my ballot last year because why would they? I think mean, Keegan might have been, uh, but yeah, I definitely didn't have Johnny Davis on there. No, I agree with the team that you put together there. Uh, I think that uh, keeping off Chucky Hepburn and some of the choices you made uh, as far as that, I think that we put together a good squad. But, yeah, there's going to be someone that's going to break through, and it'll it'll be – Hogard or something. Know, yeah. yeah, I don't know that it'll be entirely as uh, crazy as what – I mean, Keegan showed some, some good things as a freshman. We knew he was going to be a really good player. We just didn't know it was going to be that quick in terms of being a full-fledged star, Jaden Ivey, too. But, yeah, Johnny Davis was completely out of, out of left field. Maybe it'll be Jordan Davis. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, Derek, let's talk a little bit uh, about, like, what have we learned from Illinois uh, during these media days? I know, you know we're plugged in here and, and we know a lot about this team. Was there anything that, you know, stuck out to you uh, talking to Brad Underwood and the players the, the last couple of days? I think that as you want, number one, for Coleman to be there at Big Ten Media Days, we talked about it a little bit, uh, me and you, that now he's stepping into, obviously, which is a bigger role, but now he's a face of the program, and he's waited to, to bide his time, and he's a confident guy, and uh, I think he's soaking this thing up. It's whether we can see consistent Coleman Hawkins, whether we can see Coleman Hawkins take the strides offensively to where he's shooting the three at a higher clip, to where – uh, he's a little more trustworthy with the ball in his hands uh, because as you hear about this offense, it's uh, a lot different with the spacing, a lot different with the number of guys that are going to handle the ball. And uh, that's one thing, too, in addition to, you know, Coleman being uh, more of a even, – even a leader, uh, even someone they're relying more heavily on and he's waited his time for. Uh, but offensively hearing that it's a work in progress that's going to take some time, that – uh, Coleman said something about structured randomness, I think is the way that he uh, described the kind of the system right now is just kind of letting guys play, letting it flow and, and letting guys read and react and make decisions. So having that all come together is a work in progress, which we knew it was going to yeah. be, uh, but just kind of hearing how that's going is interesting. I, I have liked hearing too, that 
Uh, Brad's thrown out. You know, Jaden Epps has been playing pretty darn well here recently, at least in terms of his scoring. And look, I know that sometimes we we have coaches just trying to hype their guys, have them confident and everything. And, and Jaden, just like Sky Clark, is going to have to prove himself and uh, limit turnovers and mistakes as a, as a freshman. But I keep going back to freshman guard play, and I think that that's a big deal that you're starting to hear some positive things about those guys. I think you hit the nail on the head with Coleman Hawkins. Let's go back to to April, shall we? Right, like what he was saying to us that day, like when the portal deadline is just there. Like it was almost like, is this guy comfortable? Is he confident? Is does he feel like he wants to be here? Of course, he stayed. And now, Derek, I think he is enjoying this. Like they added Sharon Shannon and Matthew Meyer, but I think he knows. In in a lot of ways, like there's nobody that could have as big of an impact on this season than Coleman Hawkins. And he's the guy who goes to big 10 media days the year after Kofi went the year after IO two years after IO went, right? Like I think he knows this is a huge opportunity for him that this could be his team. Like I know Terrence has stepped up as the vocal leader, but Coleman can be as important as anybody as the energy guy, the versatile guy. Uh, and he can determine a lot of what they do both offensively and defensively and I just think like he's matured a lot like I talked with him one-on-one about his defense like he seems as focused on showing that side of the ball because he knows that's where his money can be made uh then offensively which is kind of what I've I've kind of wanted to hear from him uh and it just seems like he knows what he has to do this year uh to to make the leap to the NBA and it's all stuff that helps his team so He's he's admitted like man I was I was selfish last year I got down in the dumps because I I thought I should have been playing over some guys and I, I wasn't but he learned from that and he, and he got better through that and he really at the end of the year Derek it was Kofi and Coleman as your top two players on that team so I think going through that and coming out of the other end better uh, is is the best case scenario for Coleman Hawkins and for Illinois going into this year absolutely and he took some hard coaching he yeah. went through some of the the yeah the just the maturity process of of being a younger guy and being hungry and wanting to get out there and feeling like from a talent perspective I mean he's he's been one of the the more talented players Illinois has had just in terms of the number of of skills that he has and and you also look at uh, his athleticism his mobility and everything it's just been waiting for a chance to to get that opportunity where Illinois had a ton of veterans Illinois had a ton of cohesion and now uh, it's opened up to where we saw it down the stretch last year where Brad trusted him a little bit more and, and saw the value of having him out there from a defensive standpoint in particular and now to where he's one of the focal points of this team. And it's a it's a big prove-it time. When you see his name on uh, ESPN's projected NBA draft for next mm-hmm. summer and uh, just all the opportunities there in front of him, it's, it's a time for him to, to prove that he's been worthy this whole time. And uh, excited for Coleman now to to see that opportunity that he stuck it out and uh, look there's a there's a ton to like about what he brings to the table I am curious too because one thing I asked and they kept saying Zach Eady's gonna be the hardest dude to guard in the league is like I know you won't guard him alone but Coleman guarding more fives this year is going to be interesting too guarding Zach guarding Trace guarding Hunter but we all we all know that trapping the post is an option yeah. and, and Houston did that pretty well yeah they'll go the Houston way like he was asked how do you guard Edie one-on-one he goes I don't think I'm gonna have to do that <laughs> uh he goes if I if I'm asked to I'll, I'll try my best but yeah they're gonna do the Houston thing which is what this is all about like I don't think winning the Big Ten like it matters to him it doesn't matter as much as it did last year I, I don't think like they they want to be as good as possible getting to the NCAA tournament uh I, I wanted to bring up like the player you're buying more now after hearing from people uh, and not that I I mean I just talked about voting for this guy all Big Ten like Terrence Shannon I feel like is going to have an even better year than I the way they're talking about him, Derek you just did a big story on him uh the, the vibes we're getting about how good TJ Shannon is going to be this year is I keep mentioning like I was trying to find comps and I finally settled on James Palmer and Taran Petaway like that kind of big bodied wing who can just do a little bit of everything and I'm just interested to see how he does in this role that he's never been asked to do but do we know he can't do it uh, about being kind of uh, the main league guard at some points about being the focal point of an offense rather than just being a catch-and-shoot guy. And then something Illinois didn't have last year was, outside of maybe R.J. Melendez and Coleman, was somebody who can finish in transition, get to the free-throw line, and he certainly can do that. Yeah, I did not expect going into Illinois basketball media today to hear Brad say, you know, he's 
he's been a lot better than I expected in ball screens and we're playing him more as a point guard option. And cause there's been a lot of questions. I mean, something that Brad's hearing each and every time we talk to him is how's it going with the freshman point guards? How's that process? How much are you trusting them right now? And he's saying, well, uh, we had an opportunity to put the ball in Terrence's hands and uh, that's certainly going well. And we, we've heard a lot about his work ethic here recently, the 4:45 AM workouts and make getting a hundred shots up as far as makes per day. And, uh, I was really impressed by him and, and kind of where his mind is at, his work ethic, how driven he is going into this year. He knows what's at stake as far as, uh, you know, proving his, himself for the NBA. And he, he's a very gritty competitor and, and someone that's taken on uh, as soon as he arrived in Champaign, the leadership role and, and willing to call some guys out, willing to push some guys, willing to help the young guys. They, they needed that. They needed uh, to someone to continue the culture of what Brad's built. And uh, yeah, I think that, Terrence is probably the one that is continuing to, to raise the stock for sure. Uh, hearing how much respect the older guys have for Ty Rogers. Uh, that's another guy. We knew Terrence was going to be good. We knew that Ty was going to be really good as well. That might be my answer because when you hear Coleman say, yeah, you know, Coleman, by the way, in front of the mic is really, really good. Yeah. Really honest, great for the media. He's just sitting back and like, you know, we might save Terrence for the offensive end by putting Ty on the best player on the other team. I mean, that's, Say that about a freshman is a big deal. He's going to be and good if he wants to do media stuff. He'll be great. Like, if he wants to would. do that, because he says stuff, man. Yeah. And one thing that Coleman did bring up was Ty's got to be a little bit more confident in his jump shot, a little bit more consistent there. We all knew that. But uh, even when I was talking to Terrence on Friday, I mean, for him to be like, Ty's kind of a beast. Like, he's kind of he's kind of been that as soon as he showed up. So, um, and I'll I'll throw my guy. I've, I've had some, some stock in Jaden Epps for a while, and I'm, I'm glad I don't have to – to be too worried about that. Look, again, he's got a lot to prove, but the fact that Jaden's a bucket and, uh, you know, you'd heard some things, I'd heard some things over the summer about turnovers and how much can you put the ball in his hands, but it sounds like he's playing well and he's taking some good strides and uh, shameless plug, I'm going to have a story on here on him yeah. pretty soon, so I'm, I'm buying him too. Yeah, I'm going to have a story on Dane Danger and I was told something I cannot put in my story, uh, but it was basically don't cool off the, the Dane Danger hype too much, uh, but I, I do think it's a good spot of where you know, the rotational big 10 to 20 minutes, whatever it is, but they're still high on, on what he can bring, um, you know, to the entire team, both on the offensive and defensive side. So uh, it's just a, it's, it's a fun roster with a lot of pieces and how it all fits together. Derek is going to be fascinating. Uh, Brad Underwood does feel very confident. It seems like in what they'll do defensively. And, and why wouldn't you, when you have Shannon Melendez, Meyer Hawkins, Rogers, danger, um, all those guys should be pretty good defensively. Maybe, maybe not danger as good as some of those other guys, but you know, Sky Clark, Jaden Epps certainly going to have some issues maybe off uh, defensively at some points, but that's not their job. But two through five, you should be switchable, versatile, um, in passing lanes. Rebounding will be key for this group, and I think it's why Ty Rogers is going to play a lot. Is He sounds like the best rebounder on this team, but uh, it's not a surprise that that they're ahead defensively more so than offensively. And offensively, I know they don't practice as much uh, leading up to the season as they do defensively, but offensively could have some issues in the early going, just figuring this all out. Right. In terms of the defense, it's just the athletic traits that this team has, the length with the quick twitch athleticism, with the ability to fly around. And they can just guard things so many different ways than in terms of the pass, which – You've heard it a hundred times. Kofi playing the five, you had to play drop coverage. You couldn't, you know, blitz ball screens. You couldn't, uh, and with small guards too, that left some limitations as well. And uh, Illinois last year was was really, they they just were pretty uh, vanilla. I think yeah. defensively, and it's been a good defensive team here of late. They, I don't want to take too much away from them. You know, Kofi was able to guard the post when guards went to the the rim. That was a big dude to try to finish over and. Trent Fraser was a, a hound as an all-ball on-ball defender, but now when you have those bigger wings that can cover a lot more ground, I think Illinois will play a lot more in rotations in terms of help and recover, and just uh, all of a sudden that those driving lanes and just opportunities for the the offense is going to close off real quick when you got guys that can uh, recover that well and just have so much length. So and then you're hearing guys talk about full court pressing at times yeah. and being able to yeah switch and. Uh, being able to have the five if Coleman wants to switch on to the, the point guard in a ball screen or show and recover and Dane can do some of that as well so uh, they're going to be 
pretty darn good, I think, early on defensively. Offensively, it's just figuring out their identity. You know, yeah. what if we're if we need a bucket, who do we go to? What do we run? What does this look like? What's the cohesion of guys feeding off each other and knowing, you know, I think that when the ball was in Io's hands and he was getting downhill and someone won a double, he knew that Trent was in a corner and that Kofi was rolling to the rim. Like I think that some of the, as Coleman says, kind of structured randomness, they got to figure out what that randomness looks like and where different guys are going to be. And then when you put the ball in, in Sky Clark and Jaden Epps' hands, those are freshmen who are going to inevitably, even Ty Rogers too, inevitably going to have some growing pain. So, uh, but there's a lot of ability there. So that's yeah. what's to be excited about. Yeah, defensive rebounds will be really key for them. Uh, so they can get up the court. Um, so when you lose Kofi, who's 11 rebounds a game, mostly on the defensive side, uh, that's a little bit difficult to replace. They're going to need all those guys uh, to pitch in, which they do have, what, four guys on the court at a time that could average four to five rebounds. Uh, per game, and Brad's talked about Kansas, last year's Kansas team, like how much those wings were able to rebound. All right, Derek, before I let you go, um, big recruiting weekend, and uh, they can now go to football games, as Brad Underwood told us on the record for the first time, even though I've told me that before. Like They can take these guys into a great atmosphere. They used to just take them to the tailgate, get the feel of the fan base. Now they can take them in those games. But Merez Johnson, Trey McKenney, two of the headliners for this one. Uh, I know you got the, the other guys on the, on the website, but uh, what's this weekend mean for, for recruiting for Illinois moving forward? Homecoming weekend, huge football game. Uh, you're gearing up as you get closer to the, the season, so to bring them into now renovated oven, it's an opportunity to just continue to sell the program, to have a, a very high-profile high commit, and Merez Johnson come for his official visit. So he's going to be here Friday through Sunday. Uh, that's going to be uh, exciting for him to, to hang out. And Merez has been a, a very good ambassador for the program since uh, being able to commit. So to have him around – Trey McKinney, who's a very high-level 2025 in that Mean Streets program from Michigan. Uh, and then also Melvin Bell is also worth mentioning, too. St. Rita product, 2025 guy. I mean, those two, McKinney and Melvin Bell, I know Bell missed the entire summer with an injury. Uh, those are two top 50 players, at least in 2025. McKinney's in that top 30 to 25 range, uh, just on the heels of being at Michigan State, I think, this past weekend or the weekend before that. So, this will be the second time that Illinois had McKinney on campus uh, to get Melvin Bell down here is a, a, a nice one as well. And even uh, we're talking Mean Streets, Carlos Harris, your boy, 2024 point guard. Uh, so he's he's someone that we, we've talked about before. Reminds me a little bit of a of Andres Feliz type of guy. Done. Uh, plays for, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> plays Chicago Curry. Just bull, bulldog. So tough. Great on ball defender. Uh, and uh, Cole Serta too is is a, the other one they're bringing in. Uh, but yeah, I think that list will probably have a chance to continually expand because they they want to get as many guys in here as they possibly can. But that's a that's a pretty good group for for the Illini right now, and uh, a good weekend to come check out some football and and some basketball practice. Absolutely. Well, here we go, Derek. We're jetting away right into the Illinois basketball season right around the corner. Thanks for your time as always, man. Yep, always fun, man. Great stuff from Derek Piper, and we will have plenty of hoops content coming up we had basketball media days here and it was kind of like i don't want to say a nuisance but it kind of made us busy when we needed to focus on a football program but isn't that kind of nice right like you're focused on a 5-1 football team usually we're begging for basketball media days because you guys are not interested in, in reading about football at this time most years uh that's starting to change and that's really nice uh, but basketball, obviously, there's so much excitement, and uh, we have so much uh, in the chamber here that we're going to start getting to work on and publishing in the, in the next couple of weeks. And have an off week next week, we'll have plenty of basketball content. As Derek said, he's working on a Jade Nepp story. He's already written a Terrence Channon feature. Definitely go back and, and read that one. Joey's got a Matthew Meyer story coming out. He's talked with Sky Clark as well. Uh, I got a big one coming out on Coleman Hawkins and Dane Danger. Uh, so, so plenty of basketball content as we've gotten hours of audio from these guys and are transcribing it the worst part of the job but then we get to write it which is a lot of fun and you guys get to read it and hopefully uh you enjoy it so we got all of that coming up uh after another huge illinois football game and a big recruiting weekend for both football and basketball so we'll plenty of content up at Illini Inquirer. go vip for just one dollar for your first month if you haven't tried us 
it's a good time to do so with football ranked basketball about to start recruiting for both sides really heating up oh we got some women's basketball content coming in talking with shauna green some of their players uh the last couple days so we'll get you started on that uh program as it tries to reset and finally get some traction Thank you, as always, for listening to the Line I Inquire podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out, guys, so we really appreciate when you do that. And follow us on YouTube, man. Now 4,000 subscribers on that. You guys have been awesome there. Uh, so if you haven't done it yet, uh, people really liking the content, whether it's Jay. Uh, we're going to have Michael Tulip coming on here soon uh, with our weekly pods and, and weekly videos. So uh, definitely go over there, and it's been awesome, the support we've gotten. So uh, keep subscribing over there if you haven't already because that uh, it was really growing, and it's been, it's been cool to see uh, the following grow over there. So thank you for the support. As always, everybody take care of each other. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer Podcast. CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.